there and welcome back to Fire and Soul. I'm so grateful that you are here, like on the planet here. And this is a really special dose to be tuning into. So the nature of ascended frequencies with RJ Spina. You know, they say that when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Well, that is certainly true in this case, because I had not yet become familiar with RJ's work, even though he is known as a grand master walking this planet at this time. But thankfully, Sarah Scarlett, who is his publicist, reached out and asked if uh, I would consider him as a potential guest for Fire and Soul. I get requests every single day and I like to hand select my guests. So in almost every single case, it's a no, thank you. But in this case, it was a full yes, because Sarah also represents um, as a publicist, Paul Selig and the guides, Michael Sandler and many other luminaries devoted to conscious evolution. And I know that Sarah represents only high integrity, high quality, real deal clients. So this was like a no brainer. I was like, okay, cool. What a gift that I get to explore that now I get to share with you. Well, the moment this conversation began, my soul was snagged. It is such a powerful, palpable conversation that makes that whole conversation that we hear everywhere and how critical it is that we raise our vibration, that we learn how to ascend frequencies really is. He makes it so accessible. That's what I love about this conversation. And we cover a lot, Uh, but some of the highlights just to paint a picture of where this journey is headed. And I, I really hope you, you hang on every word and tune into the very end because it's such a beautiful tapestry with so much texture and nuance that was deeply uh, captivating for me. But we cover uh, how he overcame permanent chest down paralysis and severe chronic illness back in 2016 when he was told he would not live. But if he somehow miraculously survived, he would never walk again. Well, he knew that would not be true and knew so deeply that he uh, actually documented his full recovery on video which we also have linked in the show notes for you. Uh, We cover a little bit on his first book that I have now read three times and shared with many people called Supercharged Self-Healing, a revolutionary guide to high-frequency states of consciousness that rejuvenate and repair. I highly recommend you pick that up if you feel called. Um, We also cover uh, self-healing, obviously, self-realization, what that really means, the nature of who we really are, which you know is a big theme that I love to cover on this show, true manifestation and how easy it really can be, magic tricks, magic with a CK, why it's gotten a bad rep, deliberately bad rap, deliberately so, and that true inherent value that we all have access to the moment that we wake ourselves up to it. And he teaches us how, which includes evolving past the egoic mind identity. Uh, we touch on how addiction or attachment can dull our ascension, but not necessarily deny it altogether. And then finally, along the lines of so many other things that we cover, why 2023 is the single most important year in the history of humanity. That and so much more goes down in this dose. But there's something else that we don't cover, but that I learned after my conversation. And it is a free Facebook group that I want to turn you on to that RJ runs and it's called Money Manifestation. It's totally free. He offers up free trainings every week. 
So many of my friends and community members from Soul Circle are now in there, and it's awesome. And so I've linked that in the show resources for you as well as his uh, website, and you can connect with him on Instagram and a few other links. So I really hope that you enjoy this conversation. If anything uh, really speaks to you in, in a specific way, you know I'd love to hear from you. So many of you reached out as a result of the last dose that I released called This Is Your Call. And I am so grateful for those of you who did, you know who you are. And if you are tuning into this show and you're newish and or you haven't left a review, I am going to ask if you would be willing to head on over to Apple Podcasts specifically, if possible, to leave a five-star review. Uh, It really does help others find this show and isn't that what it's truly all about so that we can collectively raise the vibration on the planet by tuning in and learning how to reclaim our power, our cosmic birthright. So please, yeah, do me a solid. Do everyone a solid and hit pause right now and just take a minute out of your time and um, honor us with a five-star review. That would be so, so deeply appreciated. All right, my love, without further ado, please enjoy this awesome, epic conversation with RJ Spina. and soul. It's so good to finally connect with you. Well, thank you for having me, Michelle. It's my pleasure. It's just incredible to be witness to your background that can feel supernatural to some looking from the outside. So I wanted to drop right in because we're going to cover some pretty otherwise magical content today that is not separate from any person that's listening capability. Um, We're just going to give some access to that. But before we go there, I'd love to get a little bit of your backstory and how you came to know this about yourself, and then we'll begin to share the medicine with my listeners. Sure, that sounds great. Uh, I guess maybe what we could start briefly, I'll try to make a a long story very, very short. Um, We could say I I came into the world very, very detached uh, from the human condition and probably still really feel that way. Uh, as a little kid, uh, certainly without training uh, and really without effort, I used to do what we now call astral project. So I would just relax, lie down, or if I was going to go to sleep or just sort of put my feet up, I would just in, in one second, I would just be outside of my body. And this this was totally normal for me. I mean, some of my earliest memories as a child, believe it or not, are, are literally being on the ceiling, looking down at my body. And then realizing uh, sooner rather than later that I wasn't just confined, uh, my consciousness or sentience, which I later mm. developed the terminology for what we really are. And we can get into that in a second, if you like. Oh, that's good. I, I realized that I wasn't confined uh, locally. I wasn't confined to, say, my parents' house or even the neighborhood or even the local mountaintops. And so as a kid, daily, multiple times a day, I would go to the, what I used to call the stars. I would go to the stars and I would literally interact uh, with what I now understand to be, you know, advanced beings. And I would have dialogues as a little kid. And I used to have a mantra. If that's not odd enough, I used to have a mantra that when I would do this uh, astral projecting and I was traversing and experiencing these different frequencies and realities, I literally used to say to myself, I retain all information and knowledge contained within this realm. And I used to just say it, who knows where that came from, but I used to just say it over and over again. 
And Michelle, I felt like every time I did this and I quote unquote came back into my body, I was literally wiser for it. And uh, this progressed to me staying, saying as a little kid to my parents and my friends that if I ever get sick, I'll just heal myself, mm. which is an, another odd thing to say. Uh, as it turns out, it's quite prophetic. But uh, you know, if we fast forward to to forty five, roughly forty five years later, because it was uh, it was April twenty third, two thousand sixteen, I became deathly sick and permanently paralyzed, and that uh, that knowledge of self healing was was put to the test. <laughs> How old were you when you first had your you know, out-of-body experience? There, Michelle, it's the earliest memories that I have. I mean, I, I must have been three or four. And I remember telling my mom, or really asking my mom, I remember it like it was yesterday. And by the way, my mom is visiting me, which is just so ironic. She's actually, she's not in this room, she's in the other room. But anyway, um, I remember asking her, I said, when you go to sleep, where do you go and who do you talk to? Like, what realm do you go to? Mm. She's like, right. I don't really remember most of the time when I go to sleep, if I have a dream, but otherwise I don't remember anything. I was like, you don't, you don't talk to like angels and all these different beings. When you go to sleep, you don't go to different dimensions and realities. And she's like, no, up until that moment, I thought it was universal. And I, I really mean, it. I thought everyone did that because that was completely and utterly normal for me. And it was only in that, that conversation. I remember it like it was yesterday that I realized not only is it not universal, it's uh, very unique. So, for, uh, and that kind of set the stage uh, for me just being different. Uh, I just kind of realized that I was very different and it just sort of proceeded being my own person from there. It's so beautiful and the courage it takes, right? To persevere on that path when it seems like you might be the only one. And then was there ridicule? I mean, how did this impact your social dynamic as a young boy? Well, I, this, this kind of exploration, uh, leaving the body and, 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 and understanding things, what we could call clairsentience, clairvoyance, claircognizance, I was always very, we'll use the word psychic. I was always very psychic, a deep knowing of things that there's no way my intellect could explain. Um, I kind of didn't share any of this. Mm. I, I really didn't. I, I realized from that conversation that this mm -hmm. was unusual. This was unique. It didn't deter me. It didn't deter me, but it, it didn't inspire me to uh, to share or offer it up. My close, close friends uh, knew, and I would talk about it. And I would talk about things that I understood that would seem quite odd. And I would be able to tell them things about themselves that there's no way I could really know. But mm -hmm. for the most part, it was kept very, very quiet. And really up until uh, I was 24, and then things started to change when I turned 24. Okay, so let's talk about your supercharged self-healing that happened in 20, was it 2016? Yeah, oh, you I became, want to talk about, we're 24, let's start there. I love this this timeline of continuum. Sure, yeah. So at, at 24, in a, in a very short period of time, I lost uh, my my best friend, which was my dog. <clears throat> I lost my, my grandmother, uh, and I lived in a two, or we lived in a, in a two-family house. So I grew up with my grandmother. So my dog passed, my grandmother passed, my uncle who lived downstairs, who I was very close to, he passed, my best friend from high school, he passed, my sister's husband also mm -hmm. passed. This was all in a very, very short period of time. And I was, uh, I couldn't handle it. Uh, I, I was totally distraught. I was beside myself, to be honest. 
And uh, one of my best friends at the time kept imploring me, pleading with me, RJ, you have to start meditating. You must start meditating. And I, I was just so despondent and upset. I was just like, well, what, what is that going to do for me? Is that going to bring my friends back? It's like this, this just doesn't make sense to, you know, to be here anymore. I'm, I'm so upset and that I couldn't do anything to help them because I felt that I could and I couldn't access it. So I remember at 24, I, I, he pleaded with me to meditate. I said, fine, I'll just, I'll just meditate. I was just, I wanted him to stop actually. So I said, fine, I'll go meditate. And I went home that night. And I was kind of resolved to just saying to myself, okay, I'll meditate. And then that's another thing I could check off that isn't going to do anything for me, really. It's not going to bring my friends back. So what's the point? But I'll do it anyway. And as soon as I sat down, something happened. It was, it, I, I felt it. It's like something came over me. And this is a meditation that I still teach to this day. I mm. sat down, all of a sudden I was in this interesting meditative pose. And all of a sudden I just put all of my energy into my third eye. And it literally just completely opened up. A screen drops down. It completely opened up. And in that moment, I saw things about myself mm. that made everything, my entire life made sense in about 12 seconds. Mm. I, don't, I don't really want to be specific about what I saw, but I understood myself, why I was leaving my body as a kid, why I can do you know, these odd things, understand these odd things. It was at that moment in about 12 seconds, it's almost like I got completely aligned to who I am. And that was really the beginning of, I guess we could call a profound uh, awakening. And there's mm -hmm. many levels to these things, but that was definitely the beginning to a profound awakening. And it also unlocked the ability for me to sort of start to deconstruct what it is that I do in terms of meditation mm -hmm. and going up in frequency and things like that. And so therefore I could be able to teach it. And that was kind of the start of me teaching and giving past life uh, readings to people. And it happened through that meditation out of desperation. It happened uh, from that meditation when I turned 24. Mm. RJ, it's so amazing all the life and lives you were able to live and reclaim by 24 years old, which is a very minute amount of time on planet Earth. I'm curious, at that point, did you have a title or an explanation in a one word, you know, like a one simple sentence of what you do? Because all of this combined is like, it's hard for the human mind to grasp all of this. Yeah, I, I've been asked that. I'm kind of, uh, I, you know, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, un, I'm uncomfortable with titles. Uh, yep, but if we're, if we're, if we had to, I'll be quite <laughs> honest, you can, you can literally think of me as a timeless teacher of humanity. And that's mm -hmm. actually quite accurate. It's quite mm -hmm. accurate. And again, the specifics, the specifics don't matter. They really don't. Uh, but that is that is a, um, an accurate and fair way to describe, uh, I guess, what I am or what it is I do as a, as a timeless teacher of humanity. I so get that, by the way. And that's a beautiful, all-encompassing uh, frequency, really, mm -hmm. um, channel. And uh, And with the titles, oh my gosh, it's like, am I an Instagram's title these days? Like, there's been such a massive deconstruction in my own awakening that, of course, is not finite, that it's like I really struggle and resist any particular label or box. Um, and I really feel like that is the frequency that many of us are being pulled into now, which is tell me what you think I am, right? So yeah. all I know right now is I'm just really grateful to be in this moment, and I'm excited to continue in this timeline 
so that our listeners can get access to what is not freaky and unique to one person having an awakening when they were a young child and connecting those dots in meditation years later through so much profound loss. So continue on. This is wonderful. Yeah, that, that was kind of the start, Michelle, of, of what we could call as an awakening process. And there have been many, many moments of uh, another, we could call it another level of profound awakening. And this continued into my 20s, into my 30s. I had normal jobs like everybody else. I used to teach uh, sales to corporations, uh, help their sales force uh, and customer service and things like that. Um, but the awakenings and the uh, epiphanies and the realizations and 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 even uh, we could call abilities and talents, uh, more and more was coming online. Um, and the very last so-called job uh, that I had, and that kind of takes us into when I became, perma air quotes, permanently paralyzed, um, the last job that I had, I was, te again, teaching sales and customer service and things like that. And it was a large, there's about 75 employees, maybe upwards of 100, something like that. And I would work with them all the time and teach them. And they literally would would call me master and sensei at, at work. And, and so I didn't think anything of it at all. I knew why they were doing it. It was out of respect and love and things. I didn't ask them. Uh, and they would call me that. And then one time, the CEO of the company at the time was next to me and people were coming by and yes, master, yes, master. And he looks at me, he's like, RJ, we need to talk. I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay. So we go into his office. He goes, he goes, what's going on? I go, I don't know. Things seem pretty good. I mean, everyone's kind of getting, you know, they're, they're, they're doing well. He's like, no, that's not what I mean. He goes, you can't have people calling you master at work. I go, I didn't, I didn't ask anybody to call me. I would never do that. He goes, I get it. I get it. They love you. And he, he goes, but you can't do that. I said, okay, I'll, I'll tell everyone, don't call me master. Don't call me sensei, whatever. So I sent out a company-wide email to everybody. Please call me RJ, Mr. Spina, buddy. I don't care, right? Just, you know, uh, and everyone replies back, you got it, RJ. Yes, sir, Mr. Spina. And then later that day, they'd come by me standing at, yes, master, yes, master. So at that point, I, I kind of knew, Michelle, that if I continued to uh, sort of pretend mm -hmm. uh, my ego, my ego mind identity character that I had developed in order to function in this world, if I continue to sort of play that character and not really be the real me, I knew that my incarnation was going to end and I could feel it. I could tangibly feel it. And it was two months later that I was told I got incredibly sick. I was told I had another 48 hours to live. And that's when I became permanently paralyzed. Mm, what an initiation and fortuitous. So it was like a complete death of one identity and a rebirth to the totality of who you really are. But the metamorphosis, the chrysalis, if I'm understanding this correctly, came inside of something that was terrifying to old identity. Yeah, yeah. So the, yeah, uh, <laughs> what what happened? I mean, it was the destruction, of yes. literal, literal, right? So it was this the destruction of the human character or the false self or what I have renamed the ego yeah. mind identity or e, you know, EMI, which also yep. stands for electromagnetic interference, by the way, not your mm -hmm. true signal. So- I was April 23rd, 2016, I became, uh, quote, unquote, permanently paralyzed from the chest down. I was diagnosed with sepsis, severe sepsis. Uh, I was told I had only 48 hours to live to quickly make a will. They actually said this to me. Wow. I was diagnosed, I was diagnosed with a retracted heart, 
uh, uh, pancreatitis, thyroiditis, severe Hashimoto autoimmune disease, um, type one diabetes, and I was suffering from something called autonomic dysreflexia, which paraplegics and quadriplegics, if your injury is above T6 and the majority of my spine getting crushed from this abscess on my spine was T7 mm -hmm. and T8, mm -hmm. autonomic dysreflexia, you're, it, it, uh, it affects your autonomic system, your breathing, your pulse, your heart rate, your body temperature. So mine would just go haywire, just completely out of the blood, stop breathing completely. My pulse would plummet. I would, I would drop five degrees in body temperature in like less than 10 minutes. So a lot of quadriplegics and, and paraplegics die of complications. You can have an aneurysm, a stroke, go into a coma. So all this was, ha was happening at the exact same time, told they had 48 hours to live. So they had, uh, they gave me what's Wait, called a lamp. Can I, lamp pause, you? Can I yeah, sure. pause you for a second? What are you going through in your mind when you're getting all of these diagnoses, including make a will, you've got 48 hours to live. And how old were you? This, this was 2000, this was April 23rd, 2016 to be exact. Um, mm -hmm. I don't want to digress. April 23rd, I believe is Shakespeare's birthday. But if, if you want to talk about that at some point, I will. Okay. But mm -hmm. I, I just had to, I just had to share that. Um, what was going through my mind? Nothing. Yeah. Mm. Absol absolutely, absolutely nothing. As strange as that sounds, and I really mean that, I, I have been at peace for a long time. Uh, my the inner voice or the voice in the head, mine has mine has been turned off for a very long time. So I don't ah. really have I don't really have an inner dialogue. I know that sounds odd, but I really don't. I'm just I'm just present. So uh, I, I knew what was happening, and and I. And I don't think I've ever shared this before, ever. I knew I wasn't going to die. I knew that it wasn't a exit point or a, a, what I call termination juncture or possible exit point. We have seven. All of us have seven. I knew that this wasn't that. I knew that this was a profound, profound awakening into, into authentic cosmic consciousness. So when mm -hmm. they performed, when they performed the, the laminectomy, which is where they scrape off the infection off the spine, I was just outside of my body watching it, uh, watching it. And, and I couldn't wait to get back in. I couldn't wait to get back in. And when I got mm. back in, I kind of, there's like a moment where I don't remember the whole transition back into my body, but I can remember coming back in. And then there was like a pause. And I, what I really feel like doing, I was actually gaining more from my higher self in that exact moment. Because when I woke up, from emergency life-saving surgery, I woke up. I remembered how self-healing works. I remembered how self-realization works. And I knew that I was going to put myself back together. And the ICU, and I documented all this, The because mm -hmm. I knew no one would believe that it's possible to do this, but I knew I was going to do it. The ICU nurse came in, saw that I was awake. RJ, you okay? How you doing? I said, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to completely heal myself and I'm going to walk unassisted in a hundred days and I will have no health issues whatsoever. Mm. And so I, I could tell the way she looked at me, I meant it, but I could tell how she looked at me. She's like, well, he might be high from the anesthesia. <laughs> he just, you know, mm -hmm. but I started explaining to her in great detail, in great detail, the metaphysics of self-healing and self-realization. And I could see what was changing as I was saying this to her, because she was like, wait a minute, this is way too specific. And this guy's way too clear. He's not on, this is not anesthesia talking. This is something else. And she said, how do you know that? And my only words were, I remember. Mm. 
I remember. Mm. And just as I said, I told her in 100 days, I had the physical therapists, the doctors, the nurses, everybody film this whole process. And there's a video of this. There's documentation of the surgery, all, all this. This is not spiritual fiction or a medical canard. Well, I knew I've I was seen, gonna put- I've seen the videos. It's it's phenomenal to see it in real time. Ooh, yeah, okay. it, 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 was, it was important that I documented it because uh, like I said, I want people to understand how to actually do this. So mm-hmm. in a hundred days, exactly as I predicted, I walked on assisted. I don't have any health issues. I don't take medications. I don't have mm-hmm. anything- there's nothing quote unquote wrong with me. And, mm-hmm. and so this became the foundation, the, the, the teachings of that became the foundation of supercharged self-healing. And I've been teaching these things to people. I mean, I was teaching it while I was still using a cane when I had first got uh, discharged. I was still using a cane and I was, I was teaching this at clinics. Um, the person who wrote the forward for the book was my only guest is a Chinese medicine expert. He's amazing. And he was witnessing what was going on. And he's like, I have to write the forward for this book because this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. So I was like, yeah, write the forward. So he would take me to his clinic when I first got discharged. And I would teach meditation and what I understand about metaphysics, self-healing and self-realization. And before you knew it, there was a line out the door. We couldn't get enough people in there. And I started working with people and their client stories and the ascend of what I call the ascend of frequencies healing technique that I use to put myself back together. And it's the same understandings that now the tens of thousands, maybe more people have used to gain a level of health and happiness that they never had before. And that really is what makes up uh, the first book, Supercharged Self-Healing. Ah, oh, this is so beautiful. There are so many things that were coming into my field as you were mm-hmm. sharing. So mm-hmm. I'm just needing to take a moment to grasp what I got really present to that I know can be extremely valuable for our listeners. You talked about our true signal, the EMI. I want to start there before then we talk about opening ourselves up to our own self-healing and how we then can dovetail it into some magical targeted meditations um, as we begin to close. I feel like that will be a lovely arc. It's not quite what we chatted about before we hit record, but we also said, let's just go with what comes up and or yeah. is organic and alive in the moment. There were so many beautiful concepts that I know you were just dropping uh, as like little cherry blossoms on the field, <laughs> but the EMI, the true signal, what does that mean? And how can we begin to work with that to be fully optimized? Okay. Great question. Okay. I'm glad you asked that. Okay. So uh, we've used the word ego, egoic mind, uh, the, the false self, the shadow self, except they're, they're all the same thing. Okay. What I've found uh, through my own awareness or awakening or however you want to say that is that there's something a little more specific i call it the ego mind identity it's who we think we are how we feel about ourselves and then therefore how we how we sort of create our universe una meaning one how we create our reality okay mm-hmm. now if we can start to understand that our human personality is based upon and it forms through incarnation so mm-hmm. everything that we identify with starting with the physical form EMI, ego mind identity, identification with the physical form. Now, that is the foundation of our false character, our egoic mind. Now, as soon as you identify with the biological garment that we're wearing, you're going to start identifying with your thoughts, emotions, bodily sensations, and and the experiences that your body has. Meanwhile, you're none of those things. You existed before them. You're going to exist after. And we are simply the awareness of all of these things. Now, if we add all together, all of our identifications, 
beliefs, concepts, ideologies, so-called knowledge, and starting with the body. If you put them all together, that is your ego mind identity. It's all the things that you have aligned yourself with since you got here. Mm-hmm. None of it is actually you. Now that mm-hmm. creates a that creates a, a we could call it a low frequency force field or electromagnetic interference because the signals are everything that's coming outside of you, beliefs, concepts, ideologies that we align ourselves that's here. So it is a false signal from a purely pers- uh, physics perspective. That's why it also stands for electromagnetic interference. Now, what we really are before we got here and what will be when we're done being here is the true self. That is the signal that we need to align our mind and body to. And this is what we call awakening. And eventually, if you continue with that sort of process, this is what enlightenment, self-healing, and self-realization actually produces, right? So it's the letting go or non-identification with thoughts, emotions, bodily and bodily sensations and realizing the tangible truth that you're the awareness of these things. You're not Mm -hmm. the thing. One cannot be the awareness and the victim at the same time. Mm -hmm. So when you start, yes, one, one cannot be the awareness and the victim at the same time. Mm -hmm. That is impossible. Now, what what happens, Michelle, what happens is that we lose ourselves in what it is that we have created. Now, we have created an incarnation. Now, we lose ourselves in the creation. Now, the paramount understanding that stops this whole process is to realize the painter is not the painting. This is a creation. Now we lose ourselves in the creation, which is why we get carried away with thoughts, emotions, the body, bodily sensations. And this is how all sickness and disease is manifest. This is how anxiety, depression, addiction, and attachment is manifest because we've lost ourselves in the creation itself. Instead of being, we'll say, detached or non-identification and realizing that we're just the awareness of everything that is going on. And another analogy that will hit home for people is think about the sun. The sun is completely and utterly unaffected by the weather that goes on here. I don't care how much it rains, snows, sleet, hurricane, tornado for a day, for a week, for a hundred years. Does any of this touch the sun? No, it's unscathed. It's unharmed. It's unaffected by the bad weather. We are the sun, and we are untouched, unscathed, and unaffected by everything that goes on with the body-mind. We Mm. are the awareness of what goes on with the body-mind. And when we lose ourselves in identification with what goes on with the body-mind, we create the experience of suffering. And along Mm. with suffering comes sickness, disease, decrepitude, and eventual demise. But the truth of the matter is all of us are the sun, and nothing here touches us, nothing. So beautiful. A couple questions that just came through. Curious. Um, one is, is another way to look at true self according to your interpretation also soul? Another good question, Michelle. Okay. So soul, right? The word soul has been around who, who knows how long, right? Okay. What, what I've discovered is that from my perspective, it's not, it's not really accurate. Okay. What we have called the soul or most people still call the soul is two very distinct things. Okay, 
So what we really are, when we talked about this in the very beginning, what we really are is what I call sentience. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sentience is a divine intelligence. Mm -hmm. It's our level or amount of love and wisdom whose subsets are our talents and abilities. That is what we all are. Okay. That sentience is an indirect fractal of God. And I say indirect because we're a projection from our higher self, but that is what we truly are. Now this sentience, this creator being the I am, if you will, this, this I am, this creator being, the sentience is given energy, an allotment of energy to create. That's the energy that we use to think, emote, animate the body as I talk with my hands, and create experiences for ourselves. Now, we are not the energy. That's the gas in the gas tank. So the whole key for me, the soul, is those two separate things. We are the sentience given energy. Now, the issue becomes when we identify with what it is that we create. And that's why I said we lose ourselves in the creation. But the truth of the matter is the painter is not the painting. We are the creator awareness. And as long as we can maintain that level of awareness and therefore that fosters a level of detachment, suffering then becomes completely and utterly optional. You don't have to suffer what it is that you create because just like the sun, you're simply aware of what's going on, but you're not really affected by it. Now, that doesn't mean, because we're having a physical experience, that does not mean that we don't feel pain. That does not mean that we don't feel pleasure. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about identifying with the pain or pleasure principles. We're mm -hmm. still the awareness of it, right? We know something feels good because we're the awareness of that sensation. We know something doesn't feel good because we're the awareness that it doesn't feel good. We're not the thing itself. So yes. when we start to understand that we are sentience, the I am, the indirect fractal of God, given energy as an immortal creator being to create as we deem fit, suffering then truly becomes optional. Ah, oh, so good. Thank you for that. The other question that was coming through a bit ago was, is there a vibrational tone of us as a sentient being, the, the great I am, or is it void because it doesn't have any meaning because it's pure witness? It's no, it uh, it absolutely does. So so um, this is where, okay, from in the beginning, or for most of us, or maybe almost all of us, in the beginning, the meditation is that inner stillness and silence, mm -hmm. right? Or proper, at least from my perspective, proper meditation is the space between thoughts, right? Okay, so it's inner stillness and inner silence. Now, I, I promise you, if we go deeper into that inner stillness and inner silence. There is a polyphonic symphony. This is the music of the spheres that we've heard people talk about. There is a polyphonic symphony that actually is you. And it is also all existence itself. A vibration is another name for information. And that information is our level of love and wisdom whose subsets are talents and abilities. And it produces sound. And that, that emanation, that sound is what creates form. So it is a beautiful symphony, unlike anything our physical ears could ever hear. So the, the answer is yes, there is actual sound, but one must be dedicated and disciplined and devoted to awakening yourself. Well, I mean, just to say it, to awakening yourself to, to the recommunion with God, source, creator, whatever word you want to use. And when you do that, you can hear the truth. Not only mm -hmm. feel it, you'll actually hear it. Oh, this is just music to my ears. And it's a, it's amazing because... I've connected with you through Paul Selig's uh, publicist as well, Sarah. I love her. I'm a big fan of Paul Selig and now a very big fan of yours. And, and he's always referencing to be in accordance, to co-resonance with this 
harmony of planet Earth and all that ever has existed. And that's, I'm getting the full divine tingles, which is always yeah. a divine knowing. This mm -hmm. is it. How do we access this? <laughs> meditation, 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 meditation. So now that's almost like a dirty word today, right? I, I can't tell you how many times RJ, I've tried to meditate. I can't meditate. So, okay. I, I, I teach sometimes meditations, right? Okay. This get ready for a, par a paradigm shift in terms of meditation. Okay. We are meditation. Okay. The self, the I am, the sentience. We are meditation. What we are exists prior to thought, prior to emotion, mm. prior to the body. Okay. So we are already meditation. There's nothing we have to do to meditate. You don't become a meditator. You don't acquire a meditative practice. This is, to me, this is backwards, okay? We already are the meditation. So you don't have to work to meditate. And I've, I'll, well, we can do one right now. I can prove to you that all of us can meditate effortlessly in one second because we already are meditation, Yes. okay? So this is how I directly experience it. And this is part of what I, what I teach, right? Okay. So let's do what I call a magic trick. And just to preface it, magic with a CK, when I say yes. magic, I'm, I'm not talking about three card Monty or pick a card, any card, not <laughs> Vegas magic. Okay. I'm talking about authentic magic. Now, to me, authentic magic is the accessing and utilization of energies that lie outside of physical sensory perception. That is magic. That, Michelle, is also what metaphysics are. Okay, real magic and metaphysics are one and the same. And I make no bones about it. I do real magic. I understand metaphysics. I understand magic. Okay, so I just wanted to put that out there right away. All right, so now what we're going to do is we're all going to access what we really are, and it's effortless. So all we have to do is pretend that you just arrived here. No past, no future. Mm. The mind in, stops. Infinitely expansive, though. Yeah, the mind stops. Yeah. There's nothing. Just stop. Nothing. Right. That's the, because thinking, electromagnetic interference, thinking is past, future, past, future, past, future. You are timeless. Mm. You are timeless. So when you pretend that you just arrived here, no past, no future. Mm. That that voice in your head, which puts the spell over you, that voice in your head stops because it needs a past or a future to exist. So in one second, by just pretending that you just arrived here, no past, no future, the thinking mind shuts off. I felt so it. we, yeah, so we go from the paradigm shift of, oh, I can't meditate, I can't stop thinking, I've tried and tried and tried, to in one second, you can't think. <laughs> right? So and there's, there's, we'll, we'll do one more because they take one second, right? Mm -hmm. So I love teaching magic. Okay. So another one to do is, right? Just pretend your, your two physical eyes are not connected to your thinking brain. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. <laughs> you, can't, you, can't, you can't think. You can't, you can't think. think. Yeah. So pretending is the real magic that taps us into our authentic nature. 
I would, I would say yes and no. Mm-hmm. I would say that we pretend to be the human character. Fair, yes. And I, w- I would say the truth of the matter is we're the awareness of the whole thing. Pure, unsullied, untouched, unscathed awareness like the sun. Uh, we are simply aware. You could think of us as a time as a as a time lapse camera, mm. right? And the subconscious records every. My whole second book is about that. So you could think of us as a time lapse camera. That's literally the witness and the awareness of everything that's going on. Now, as soon as you label and judge it, that's just your conditioned mind. That's not yeah. you. That's the electromagnetic interference or ego mind identity. That mm. is not your true signal. And it's that signal that throws the body completely out of whack. And this is where we get sickness, disease, decrepitude, and demise from. Mm, so good. Okay. So if we practice this one second magic with a CK, either mm. one of these two options that you've just provided, how do we, and, and is it necessary to be in a sustained suspended state, which is our true state? Um, to then begin to heal ourselves, or do we even need healing? Because I know that part of your work is around why don't we heal ourselves? So I just want to, I want to dive in there for a moment. Yeah. Okay. Another, another great question, Michelle. Okay. So for most of us uh, living in our head, Mm -hmm. right, is normal, right? Thought, 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 can't stop. Okay. So all disharmony, I've, I've discovered, all disharmony comes from disharmonious thought patterns. Mm. All thought is in context to something that you've identified yourself with, a belief, a concept, an ideology, a role. None of those things are you. Okay. So by just being present and maintaining being present, which doesn't require any effort, as you just found out, It doesn't require any effort. You can do it in one second. It doesn't require. So how difficult can it be to maintain something that doesn't require any effort? Mm. Okay, none, (laughs) zero, right? So now perpetual, indefinite, eternal presence is what we really are. And it doesn't require an effort. Pretending to be something you're not is what requires the effort. The character, the role, I'm a this, I'm a that, 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 that. that's what you're using your energy for. And all you're doing is taking yourself out of alignment. Mm -hmm. That's all that does. So to be able to perpetually stay present is our birthright. It is our destiny. It's what we really are. That's what presence is. We are the presence. And now we can come to it in one second because it's the truth. And the truth doesn't require your participation. Lies do. Right. So when... So when we sit with this, Michelle, and we realize it doesn't, doesn't require any effort, every second that you are authentically you, and you can think of that as being present, you're healing yourself. Every this, second. This is so good. Now, why do you think in your own experience and helping tens of thousands of people around the world with all different types of different disharmony and disease in the body, are so many resistant to the simple truth being so profound and transformational? Why do we resist still the dirty word of meditation and even presence? It's so not sexy, right? In marketing, I come from an old world of the seven figure coaching, do it this way. Here's the proven process. And now I don't do that after, you know, part of my profound awakening is like, there isn't just one process. But I have come to know that all of my power can only reside in the in the present moment, which is where I can be in peace, right? So you're speaking the love language of everything we've been we've been covering here on Fire and Soul, which is why I was so excited to have you. But 
Why is there so much resistance? Are people attached to the identities of the suffering? Yeah. yeah you, you nailed it. Yeah. So it's the uh, ego mind identity identification, right? Yes. For, for, many for many people, their sickness or disharmony or disease is the longest standing relationship that they have. Yes. It, oh, yeah. It's, so it's home in, in, their, in their human form. It is too big a blow to the ego mind to let go of the identification to the ill health. Mm, okay, that so makes with, perfect. Yeah, so it's it's almost like without that, what do I have? I need something to hold on to, right? So for many of us, even if it's wildly uncomfortable, at least it's familiar. Yeah. Right. So it's too big a blow to the ego mind to just let ourselves surrender and experience the truth and realize that you're none of those things. Mm. And and it would be remiss of me not to say that our mind is brainwashed and programmed. Mm. into believing a whole bunch of falsehoods about how things actually work. Now, remember, they're, they're, ah, I, won't, I won't go into that. Okay. No, the you truth, can, actually. That would be welcomed uh, conversation here. Okay. Okay. There's, there is, most people are aware of this. Okay. So the level of brainwashing and conditioning that goes on on this planet is almost unfathomable. Yeah. It's almost unfathomable. And it's what I call perception management. Okay. So Yes. What does that mean? What does perception management mean? Okay, if you manage the information that is perceivable through the five physical senses, you completely control the species. Mm -hmm. It's very simple, right. right? If if most of us are not enlightened or whatever whatever word you want to use, right? We're only going to use our five senses, and the 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 minute data stream that comes in through the five physical senses is the data that forms the intellect. Now, if you completely control what what is available through the five senses you completely control the mind and the intellect of the entire planet it is very easy to subjugate and control a planet it's simple and this is this is an old trick by the way it's very simple to do this what's difficult is to liberate the planet that i, I promise you what's difficult is to liberate the planet but this is actually what goes on here so everyone is just because they identify with the body Mm -hmm. Okay, they're just using their five senses and the data stream that comes in is the intellect that mm -hmm. forms your egoic mind. And mm -hmm. because we identify with it, it's torturous for those that are attached or addicted to it to let it go. Because mm -hmm. if they don't have that, Michelle, what do they have? Right? These kind of things that I talk about and, and others talk about, this isn't taught in school. You have to seek this out. Right? You have to seek this out. You have to want your liberation. You have to want it like you've never wanted anything else. I'm here to tell you, there's more than once I've sat down in my chair to meditate and I have said, I'm ready to die if I do not recommune with God right now. And I mean it. This is not some talk. So when we reach this level that we will do anything to liberate ourselves, that's when it happens. That's exactly when it happens. So we are programmed. We are conditioned to be clueless about what we really are and how to operate powerfully how to operate with love, compassion. We go to school for everything. Is anything ever taught about how to be happy? Mm. Is anything ever taught about how to be loving, forgiving, mm. compassionate, mm. wise? Mm. Is any of this taught in this realm? No. So all of this stuff that we're talking about is new because it's not, it's, it's not part of perception management, right? Mm. The perception management is the opposite of what you and I are talking about. So it's a massive paradigm shift. But what we are discovering, what the world is waking up to, is that the tangibility of the I am presence by just being still, all of that stuff, the, the electromagnetic interference just disappears. Mm -hmm. Okay, everything that we think we know, 
everything that we think we know and the character that thinks it knows mm-hmm. is is false and i'll prove it to you right now right now just ask yourself just ask yourself this question what do i know did you get the answer nothing it just it rushed in yeah nothing nothing sit with that for a second I love that answer. Yeah, nothing. It's very helpful. This, this is an illusion. Yeah, Just exactly. like your character. The false character is built from this illusion. Mm. And all we have to do is question it. It's like shining a light on a shadow. Where does it go? It disappears. Mm, exactly. Right? This is all it takes. This is the beginning. This is the starting. the starting line. Once we start working with this, we can do anything. And the books and the courses and the tea, all the stuff that I do takes us past the, the starting line into all these different states of consciousness. And the superhuman is what I'm interested in, being able to do anything. The I am is, imme- is immeasurable. It has no limitations, none, mm. neither, neither do you. And this is what I'm interested in, putting a, putting a destroyed body back together, talking to God, doing a, everyone can do this, everyone. But it starts with someone doing, as always, right? It starts with someone doing it first, explaining how it's done. And then once it's been downloaded into the collective consciousness, it's a permission slip for everyone else to start doing it. That's right. That's right. So this is the point. This is the point. This is why I'm here to, you know, I've lost my mind, obviously, right? But this is why I'm here to do this, to show that it's not impossible and to explain it in great detail exactly the process of self-healing self-realization manifestation how do things how do these things really work it's magic and we are all magic and magic is metaphysics and this is really what the 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 great awakening is really about this is what you're seeing right now is the thrashings of a dying consciousness Mm -hmm. and those those that are upset are those that are holding on to it Mm. so just just let it pass because it's going to it is inevitable and there are enough, there are enough evolved and advanced souls that are here, like yourself, that have had these awakenings that is going to carry everyone across these hurricane waters. And when we raise our when we raise our frequency, a rising tide lifts all ships. And that is what is actually happening right now. I truly, I know this. I can't even say I believe it. I know it. There's a resonance deep within my sentience, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm tearing up over here because this is my greatest prayer is that when one person wakes up to the divinity of who we are and we share that vibration, we, you might not even need to share words, right? Because words are a terrible way to communicate uh, as sentient <laughs> beings. But when we share this vibration, we impact others and it impacts the collective and beyond. And so two questions as we begin to wrap, and then I'd like to just ask you whatever else you want to share that's coming through that feels important to to, um, offer in case we missed it, is, is it important that once we get from this one second of pure presence, um, to begin to build on that? And are you at a point where you're, this is what we hear, right? You got to spend hours in meditation every day to to reclaim and resurrect the truth of who we are is that important or not and why i love your questions michelle i love your questions okay okay so let's do it's time for a prop okay believe it or not not, it'll be helpful but okay okay so right so i have my i have my glass right okay and this is my 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 goblet that's right (laughs) uh yes 
So, okay. Uh -huh. So my desk is here, right? And you can't see it. So my desk, so I take my glass and I put it down, right? And I, and I bring my hand back, right? Okay. What I, and this will make sense in about 20 seconds. What I don't do is put my glass down and then hold it there. Gotcha. Right? Strain, mm -hmm. effort, right? Okay. Nobody does that, I don't think. Nobody <laughs> does that, right? Okay. Let's come back to the understanding of that we are meditation, right? Present with a magic trick. And there's tons of magic tricks in the book. We're present, right? With no effort. Okay. There's nothing you need to do to maintain this. This is part of the paradigm shift. I'm not trying mm -hmm. to stay present because it doesn't require an effort. So essentially what I've done is what we all do when we do a magic trick and we're present, what we're doing is we're putting the glass down and we bring our hand back. We're done. That's it. What else is there to do? Now the beingness is online. Take your beingness, put it into your doingness. Beingness into doingness. Do not bring the finite limitation program of the rational mind into it. It doesn't belong here. That's the electromagnetic interference that has nothing to do with the I am, that has nothing to do with sentience, that has nothing to do with presence. So it is as simple as putting the mug down, being present, bringing your hand back, total relaxation. Mm. Total relaxation. This doesn't that, require an effort. Yes, yeah. relaxation will be the access point yes. to the I am of meditation, true signal, true self the harmonic vibration of all that ever has been and ever will be. You, you got it. And by the way, that's how manifestation works. I don't have time to talk about that, but it has to do with the unification of desire, intention, and self in the resting state. Oh, so good. The <laughs> resting state of relaxation, all yeah. is well energy. That's right. Yeah. That's okay. Right. So beautiful. I could talk to you for hours, RJ. I would love <laughs> back on the show soon um, and we can talk about manifestation but what was also coming through is you got really fired up in such an on-purpose way of what you're truly here for and in this time that we have an exquisite opportunity to be witnessing right this breaking down breaking free dismantling radical deconstruction of all the rules and the bs programming right the mm -hmm. indoctrination on steroids a how long has this been going on to your estimation on this planet earth um, and B, do you really see that there is a true awakening that will shift the tide, break us free in, in a collective liberation? This is a serious question, but you're a serious man who gets it. So I just have to ask you, in your, in your experience, what are you feeling into? Okay. I, I feel like I'm repeating myself. Another great question. So, okay. Let's, <laughs> yeah, let's, okay. Uh, without me going on and on and anyone who knows me, as you now know me, I go on and on. Okay. There's much to share. Same so, here. So I made it the same milk. You're, okay. <laughs> you're company. okay. Let's look at things go in cycles. Okay. Consciousness goes in cycles. Okay. So the image I'd like to use is a flower, right? So a flower comes up starts to bloom, fully blooms, and then it, you know, it starts to decay, right? Disappears, goes back into the circle, then it comes back up again. And is, okay. So start to see consciousness like the flower. It cycles. Okay. And some of the some of the Hindu masters called this yugas, right? There's a very difficult book to read called The Holy Science that was written by Sri Yukteswar. Sri Yukteswar was the guru to Paramahansa Yogananda. Uh, Paramahansa Yogananda. 
No, there you go. Okay, so Paramahansa Yogananda is an incarnation of an authentic ascended master. Sri Yukteswar is an incarnation of a, an authentic ascended master. And by the way, Sri Yukteswar was also King Arthur and was also Akbar the Great, for those that don't know that. So, and ascended masters are the true timeless teachers of humanity that keep showing up over and over again. I know it's it, the belief system is that we channel them, and you can, but I, I promise you, they keep showing up over and over again because they are true timeless teachers of humanity. Okay, so if we look at cycles, and Sri Yukteswar's book is beyond brilliant. It's also a very difficult read. It's also a very difficult read. Okay, so we'll, I'll try to summarize the understanding that that grandmaster has. Okay, think of the flower. Right now, where we are in our timeline, where you and I are right now, the flower is just opening. Mm. The flower is just blooming. Okay, we have done this countless times over and over and over again. Now, the reason why that we do this to add real depth and context to why this keeps occurring, well, why, how come it just doesn't bloom once and we're done? Okay, mm -hmm. no such thing is done, by the way. All right, so imagine that we're looking at a statue, <clears throat> a real you know, three-dimensional statue, and we're looking at it, right? Okay, our job, the mandate of existence is to know thyself and all thy infinite potential. That's the only mandate that existence has, okay. So our job is to know this statue completely, every nook, every cranny, from top to bottom. Nothing escapes us, right? Okay. So we map the whole thing out, and we're looking at it head on, right? From top to bottom, Michelle, we have mapped out every nook and cranny of that statue. Mission accomplished. Wait a minute. What about looking at it from the back? Oh, okay. I didn't think about that. Let's do this whole thing over again. Takes about 26,000 years, by the way, 25,200 to be exact. Let's map out the entire back now. Every nook, every cranny, every single thing about this. Let's map out the whole thing. Got it. Wait a minute. What about looking down at it? Holy cow. Okay. Now we need to do it again, but all right. So you get the, I won't go on and on. You get the idea. Yes. Okay. Yes. So what we are doing is understanding ourself, understanding existence itself, and we have to understand it every nook and cranny from every possible angle, from every possible frequency, from every possible reality, from every possible parallel condition. You start to realize this becomes endless. <laughs> you start to realize that this becomes endless. Now, we associate these things with time, all right, but it's thinking that puts you in time. Thinking is what creates a past and a future. Yes. It also creates the delusion and illusion of knowledge. Now, mm. when we start to master ourselves in the way that that hopefully that I am teaching, we don't put ourselves in time, which what which what this means is now everything becomes accessible. Mm. Everything is now accessible. When you put yourself in time, everything becomes a process and everything becomes linear. Mm -hmm. First there's A, then there's B, then there's C. Nonsense. Nonsense. That's not how things actually work. So when we start to master our energy by doing these magic tricks, we're going to start to be able to touch, commune, and connect with the greater reality and therefore greater understanding born of our higher mind. We're going to leave behind all of these limitations, which is also part of what this awakening is. So mm. we have done this, this, this grand awakening, many, many times. It's never been as profound as this because every time that we do it, we've gotten better at it and it's accelerated. And it's more powerful. 2023 is the single most important year in the history of humanity. Mm. The single most important year ever for humanity. And 23, from an occult perspective, 
and let's let's debunk what occult really means. Occult comes from oculist or ocular or those that can see. So occult information is really born of those that actually have a completely illuminated third eye. It comes from ocular. Now, 23, and that's what all these esoteric teachings come from, those that are truly awakened. Okay. 23 is the is significant because it has to do with physical immortality. Two is mind, body, three is mind, body, spirit. 23 is when we actually advance past the frailties of the ego mind identity and actually taste our own immortality. 2023 is the most important year in the history of humanity. And it's why I'm here. So we, when we start to understand these things and work in this way, we're going to leave behind everything that we have been suffering from through the identification with it. And it all starts with having command over our energy, which allows us to move past the rational thinking mind or the electromagnetic interference. And therefore, we align ourselves with our true signal, which is directly attuned to God. So do we make it? Of course, we made it. We make it every time. Now, let's also <laughs> oh, because every it's time. Never done. Never. So a lot of us are familiar with like Atlantis and other big, you know, moments that we can still find some information on right online, even though everything has been suppressed and and lied Correct. about. Uh, right. So you, you don't use the Google bar. Let's just be clear. But um, but yeah. So so we make it, but we make it to yeah. what? However, it's supposed to unfold in this. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Let's let's look at that. Another another great question. Okay, so let's look at this. So, I like to say that destiny has not be has not been written. Okay, uh, when you really lose your mind, okay, you start to realize a lot of these things are just sayings that we like to we like to repeat, and you actually authentically look into it and you're like, no, it's not true. So, let's look at it this way. How I experienced some of these things. Remember, as a kid, or maybe not even as a kid, but remember, as a kid, we used to blow bubbles. Yeah. Right. Okay. And there'd be like a mass of bubbles and they're all kind of connected with one another. They, they share a membrane, right? They're all connected. Yep. Okay. This is actually how I experience what we could call the multiverse, right? Now, based upon how we're vibrating and what we most desire to experience, we go from bubble to bubble to bubble to bubble. Now, what this means is it's already all mapped out. All those bubbles are already there, just like the Akashic Records is the history of humanity. Well, what does that actually mean? It means it's already happened, right? Mm -hmm. When you buy a book, you don't know what happens in the book, but it's already written, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's already done, right? But you don't you don't know anything about it. How do you know anything? You have to read each and every word on every page, every paragraph, every chapter for you to actually get the full meaning, right? The full gravitas of the book. You can't just, oh, I just got this book. Let me go to the last page. You didn't, you didn't experience anything. Okay. So what this means is we are moving through these bubbles based upon how we're vibrating and what we most desire to be the awareness of. Ah, oh, so good. So that's what we're doing. We're moving. And this is, this, this was what started happening to me when I was a kid, literally moving through these, these bubbles and the, the, it's all already there. It's all mapped out. It's all already there. It's all already happened. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a raving success. It's what bubble do we want to experience? And 2023 is going to determine which bubbles, I mean it, 2023 is going to determine which bubble that we move into next. Okay. I want to ask you a question and not to disrespect you and the genius coming through you as you, as me, as us. Um, but something that Paul Selig talks about is that in this time, 
um, oh God, we don't know how to train a pearl. And we may need to edit this part because this was like something I need to know. Oh, here we go. So he yeah. talked about how he used to smoke four packs of cigarettes a day and overeat, right? Like, and he didn't fully grasp until very recently that any of that addiction was keeping him in denial of access to the truth of who he really is. Yeah. What is your perception or understanding of, let's say someone smokes cigarettes, drinks, eats, doing things that could harm the physical body or does it harm the physical body? And I'm just curious because you are so tapped in and I can feel it. So I would be remiss not to ask because I know a lot of our listeners have some, we'll call them coping mechanism, comforts, right? And they might be worried when they hear the, the buzzword of 2023 is the be all end all. It's the defining demarcation of your time on this planet earth of which reality you're going to uh, choose really is what it is uh, and be devoted to cultivating as your true reality, prime reality. But does it make a difference if we are smoking, eating, drinking? And is that a denial to keep us disconnected from that truth? It's a substitute gratification of not temporarily or not tangibly experiencing the fullness and the completeness of the I am. So it's a yes, but not yeah. like a complete detriment, but like, yeah, it's going to dull the experience. And then would that impact how we experience ourselves in our true destined totality of what 23 could mean for each one of us? Yeah, it, 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 these are just substitute gratifications. And this is actually how we create karma. And this is also yeah. very important, very important to understand. So karma is for the most part, not what people think it is. They think karma is, you know, you, you act like a jerk to somebody and then someone doesn't write back to you, you know, something like that, right? That That's not karma. That's cause and effect. Mm -hmm. That's what cause and effect is. So cause and effect is whatever notion we give birth to, mm -hmm. for us to completely understand our immense talent as immortal creators, we have to also be on the receiving end of that. That way we know what it is that we just created from top to bottom. So we give birth to it, and then we also have to receive it. That's what cause and effect is, okay? And that's really that's really the evolution of consciousness in almost like one sentence. Okay, karma is completely different and not necessarily cause and effect at all. Now, karma is the addiction or attachment to anything. So when we are addicted or attached to anything, I don't care what it is, smoking, food, sex, but you know, name something, it doesn't matter, right? When we're addicted to something, what we're actually using is our energy. Our energy is stuck to the cigarette, to the to the what whatever, right? Now, if you're stuck energetically, where are you going? <laughs> Nowhere. Nowhere. Now you understand karma. So uh, this is what. So now there's no evolution. We don't ascend the frequencies, which is what I call you know everything I do ascend the frequency, right? So now there's no ascend the frequencies because we have glued ourselves through our attachment, through our addiction, with our energy, to something here. Now, if you're stuck here, like Spider-Man shooting his, another ridiculous analogy, Spider-Man shooting his spider web to a building, right? He's not going anywhere. He's stuck to the building, right? He has to let go. Mm -hmm. He has to let go to move on. So do we. So if we have formed attachments or addictions, what we form through our energy is we are stuck here. This is the cycle of reincarnation, this endless samsara cycle of reincarnation that I am obsessed with changing. Uh, obsessed with changing we don't need to do it this way from my perspective we don't need to do it this way and i get news for you god is obsessed with efficiency god is obsessed with efficiency and i'm right there with god in terms of that 
I am obsessed with efficiency as well in terms of the evolution of consciousness. So when we work with ourselves properly, that we are the sun and we are untouched by everything, including body mind, Mm -hmm. there is no reason or way to form an attachment or an addiction when you realize you're just the awareness of what's going on. Yes. So we now start to transcend karma. This will greatly change the evolution of consciousness. It'll greatly change the cycle as I'm interested in the efficiency of things and the efficiency of consciousness. So this is actually how we break free of this. We are going, we are going, we are moving faster than we've ever moved because of how many times we've done this. And right now the flower is opening up. And quite frankly, these teachings are the light. This is what will make the flower bloom. So this, this is, this is actually how we do it. And we're, it's a, it's a wild success. It's a wild success. I I promise you it's a wild success. It's just, are we going to go kicking and screaming? Right. Or are we going to go joyously? Yeah. I'll leave that up to you. Well, it depends on, you know, uh, what we're choosing and, and these magic tricks, uh, from my estimation of our conversation that I know we've gone a bit over and I'm so grateful for your time is to start there and to just begin to practice presence. And in that vibrational harmony of the truth of all that ever has been and will be, we begin to have a sustained sense of that um, as our true identity. And that is also how we will see everyone else. They may not be experiencing that, but it will have an ability to impact, right? Because vibration does, but we're but we're not concerned with whether or not that does. We're just working on the evolution of our own consciousness, reclaiming our true identity and and tapping in to, like you said, this infinite potential that was always ours, but we've been programmed to be asleep from so that we can be a slave in a system to be controlled. Is that a You've pretty got, good summary of? <laughs> better, better than pretty good. Better than pretty good. So the key to this, Michelle, from my perspective is the tangibility. Mm-hmm. Okay, our, our consciousness can no longer evolve through beliefs, concepts, or ideologies, okay? So a oh. belief... So a belief, a concept, an idea, they're all the same thing. Okay. So from a metaphysical perspective, if we, if we could actually see this, if we could, and it's possible to see these things, a belief, metaphysically speaking, is anything whose landing spot lies outside of the self. Okay. Mm. I believe in a heaven out there. Okay. There is nothing outside of the self. The all is in the one and the one is in the all. God is within your consciousness. There are many rooms within my father's house. The kingdom of heaven lies within, right? How many, how many Bible quotes should I use, right? So beliefs, concepts, and ideologies, right, are false because they create separation and a hierarchy. There is no separation and there is no hierarchy. Now, this was, this was supposed to end, and in many ways it has, but not, a, not completely. Evolution of consciousness, this, the, 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 the evolution of consciousness through beliefs, concepts, and ideologies was supposed to end through Christ's incarnation. The belief in him and the purity of Christ, he took that as far as it could be taken. He perfected it. He took it as far as it can be taken. So now we are truly in a new age, okay? And that new age has to do with the experiential knowingness, experiential systems of evolution of consciousness. So it must be tangible, not through something outside of the self, because we've moved past that. So now this has to do with tangibly recognizing and aligning yourself with the I am, with what you really are, and realizing everything else is actually electromagnetic interference, and it no longer traps your consciousness and then constricts your body of energy, which locks you into being just human. 
Mm, yes. Right. So when we start to move past this, which is exactly what we're doing, we, we change this whole thing. And that's exactly what is happening. It must be tangible. It must be tangible. Every soul is different. Yeah. No two souls, are, no two souls are the same amount, level, weight, or quality of sentience. Mm -hmm. Our God created through variance, right? You look at a dog or a cat or whatever, not the same level of sentience as you, not the same level of sentience as me, right? I mean, this is rather obvious. You look at a tree, not the same level of sentience as you or me, right? Okay, variance, variance. Mm -hmm. God decided to create and learn about itself through variance. Now, the most important thing in terms of guiding others, if that's the right word we want to use, right? Think of a room, pitch black, right? You turn on one light. You can see everything from one light, right? Okay. Authentic enlightenment or self-realization or cosmic consciousness or self-mastery, whatever word you want to use, doesn't really matter. That's the light going on. And now everyone in that room can see rather clearly. And that inspires them to be able to do the same thing for themselves because now they can see clearly. And this is what's happening on this planet right now. The lights are coming on and people are starting to see. And this is actually the shift and it's happening right now. And the last thing I'll say about that, because I know I've been going on and on. The last thing I'll say about that is that I want us all to not be confused about what is, what is taking place and what is going to take place. I'll use, here's another and final silly analogy. So think of, think of high school, okay? Which might be painful for some of us, right? But let's think of high school. Okay, so high school, it's sophomore, excuse me, freshmen, sophomores, juniors, and seniors, right? It's not all freshmen, it's not all seniors, right? Okay, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a balance. There's a balance, right? Okay, as many, many people awaken, which is what is happening, many, many people are not meant to. Okay, yes. it has to be balanced. If everyone awakened, and this has never happened, I promise. If everyone awakened, we would skyrocket up the frequencies. Sounds great, right? It's not. We would plummet right back down shortly thereafter. That is not sustainable. What is sustainable is a slow, steady, robust ascend the frequencies. This is what is sustainable. So what we're going to have is, and what is, hap when what is happening, a good deal of the population is waking up. They're in the process of doing this, and they are going to experience this next bubble, right? And also a good percentage of the population, they're not here for that. And I really mean mm. it when I say this. They're not here for that. They are the anchor, right? Yes. Freshmen, sophomores, juniors, seniors, right? Okay. There has to be freshmen, sophomores here. There has to be unawakened with awakened. And that's the eternal equilibrium that exists. Now, all we're doing and what is happening is just the, the scale shifts slightly. That's enough. That's enough. We are now ascending the frequencies in a way that is repeatable and robust and sustainable. So not everyone uh, here. Yeah, good. Thank you so much for this. And I, and I didn't mean to interrupt, but my question was, since we're here, is have we tipped the scale? Yeah. Yeah, un, yeah. Un, 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 what a lot of people are saying. Un, yeah. Unquestionably. Now, it's very skewed because the the perception management. It's very school, mm -hmm. uh, skew, skewed because of perception management. It would appear if you're on social media or watching the news, and if you're still doing that, please stop. 
it would appear mm -hmm. that if you're on social media or the news or things like that, that, oh my God, it's a disaster. No, it's not. That's the reality that they want you to see. Mm -hmm. The true reality is that the, the planet is shifting into a higher state. They want you to think, believe, feel the opposite and therefore create that for them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's like, here's the belief, believe in it, and then we build it for them. Mm. Yeah, please that's totally yeah. right. Please, everyone, please understand what I just said. Mm. Okay, it's in this. Case, this in case someone's driving and got kids in the back. Uh, can you just explain that in a slightly different way? Yeah. What okay. Just... So, if something is presented to us on the news, on whatever, right? Uh, something is presented to us, right? The idea behind it is that we believe it's real. Yep. And by believing it's real, we then act, think, feel, and take actions in accordance with that, thus creating that belief. Gotcha. Thank you. Yeah. And that is the oldest trick of black magic ever. Yeah, that's black magic. It exactly. sure is. It sure is. So this is such an incredible conversation. I mean, seriously, I could talk to you for hours, RJ. Mm -hmm. We will definitely have you back. This feels like such potent medicine, so timely and profound. Um, and yet it's ancient and it's, it's our own self-realization that will uh, be that portal, if you will, to getting to experience, because you're talking about it has to be tangible, it needs to be experiential. And, and if, I'm, if I'm hearing you and understanding you from what you're trying to drop here is that access point is peace, it's presence. Yeah, and, and we are always and already that. Yes. So we don't have to effort. So this, no, that, this is so beautiful. We just get to practice, 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 right? Like yeah. being yeah. present, being, which of course, in my world, this was when I was having my awakening. I just kept hearing the instruction of when you're present, you're in your power and your power is your peace. Oh, yeah. Yes. I love that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's, it goes along with meditation. We are meditation. The self exists prior to thinking, prior to emotion, prior to the, we are already and always it. Our only bondage is not realizing it. Mm -hmm. Right? That's but, obviously by deliberate design. So this is so good. Okay, my love. I, I'm, I'm just so grateful for you. and so excited Sarah connected us. My gosh. I know that my listeners are really receiving this. I can feel into them right now. They are just like, yeah. This is what we need right now. As we wrap um, for now, what is really alive and juicy that is coming through that either you want to share of how my listeners can get in contact with you or any other you know medicine, as I would say, that's coming through that we can receive from you before we close? I, I just want everyone first, first and foremost, to give themselves permission to heal. Okay. Now I don't care what the issue is. And I mean it, I don't care because it's just energy and the sentience commands energy. So it makes no difference. Oh, it's cancer. It's heart disease. It's paralysis. Blah, blah. doesn't matter. It's energy. Sentience commands energy. We all just learned magic. All of us, right? Okay. There's nothing that we can't do. And I mean it, nothing. Now, many of us are suffering from something, whatever, whatever it is, right? And we're seeking permission from the doctor, from the chiropractor, from the neurosurgeon, from, you know, you name it. Okay, it doesn't work this way. All healing is self-healing. All healing is self-healing, okay? Briefly, let's look at the placebo effect because I'm gonna explain metaphysically what has actually happened with the placebo effect, okay? Right, we're all from placebo, sugar pills, right? Someone's sick, 
doctor's like, here, you know, take these. You only need three. They're so strong. You only need to take three. You're going to feel much better probably after the first one, right? Okay. <laughs> the placebo effect, from my perspective, scientific proof that we heal ourselves, right? It's what it is. It's scientific proof that we heal ourselves. Now, the where the issue arises, from my perspective, is that we've labeled this as healing through belief. Mm-hmm. It's not. It is not. Only the truth heals. And beliefs are not the truth, as I explained earlier about what beliefs are. They're outside the self. Okay. It is not healing through belief. What happens is there is a tangible knowingness that we are doing exactly what we need to do to heal. We know we're going to get better. I'm taking the pills. I know I'm going to get better. That knowingness, that peace, that presence within the I am sends the signal to the body-mind for self-repair and self-healing. Now, what we and that's how the placebo effect really works. Now, what we what we do is we disempower ourselves by thinking, I need to work with this doctor. I need to, I need to work with RJ. I need to, whatever it is, we disempower us. Everything is a permission slip. When you are ready to heal, you will. When you're not ready to heal, you won't. It's that mm. simple. It doesn't matter. So what I want everyone to do right now, because your doctor might not give you permission or your, or your neurosurgeon. Yeah, there's no money in it if you get better. There you go, right? There's, it's a terrible business plan unless you have repeat customers. So healing is, right, forget healing, right? Okay, so I know I didn't get permission to get better. My neurosurgeon told me it was impossible. All the doctors said, this is, you know, RJ, not only are you paralyzed, you're always gonna be really sick. This is just the way it is. Nonsense. Nonsense. Complete and utter nonsense. I know better. Okay. Give yourself permission to heal because your doctor won't give it to you or your wife or your husband or or whoever, your clergy. I don't care who it is. No disrespect to them. They're not going to give you permission to heal. You must do this for yourself and know that when you're done with whatever it is that you're identified with, you will move right past it. And then at that point, it doesn't matter if you're, it's because, oh, I'm green juicing. Oh, I'm, I'm working with RJ or, oh, I'm doing X, Y, Z. Those are permission slips. Mm-hmm. Those are the placebo effect. Mm-hmm. All of these things are permission slips. I am a permission slip. Mm. I am the permission slip for you to see reflected back to you, your own self-realization. Mm-hmm. That's what this is about. So everybody give yourself permission to heal because that's how it actually happens. And then whatever you're drawn to, whatever that is, or organic green juicing, uh, acupuncture, RJ, whatever it is, whatever you're drawn to, that will be your catalyst. And then just use that. So, oh, I'm, I'm doing carnivore diet. Oh, I'm doing this. It doesn't matter. Listen to me. It doesn't matter. It's your permission slip. It's a sugar pill. Yes. It's once you give yourself the knowingness, not belief. Once you give yourself the tangible knowingness, the presence, the peace, you give yourself that, the body-mind must respond in kind. And guess what happens? Healing. That's how it actually works. I can think of so many people that I love with all my heart who tune into this show that needed to hear that today. Um, In that exact way, because of the evolution of where we are and where we started and where we know we are being drawn, right? Um, Which is so beautiful. And it seems also that first is to a to get clarity around an identity uh, that you're attached to of this prognosis, this suffering, this pain. And once we can do that, then we can get back to the present moment, to our peace and to our ability to heal and self-actualize. 
This is so beautiful. <laughs> I'm going to leave all of your information in the show notes. I know you've got the book you've got, which is, I'm now going to just like highlight everywhere and get all these magic tricks and just start to practice, 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 because that's, that's it, right? Meditation is a practice. So just staying in the present moment. Um, it's so beautiful. Are there, is there anything that you want to button us up with? I know we've gone way over, but I've just so enjoyed every moment. Uh, just just trust that you are already it. Mm. Feel it, right? Feel that, feel that. And you can feel that through when you're present. Mm -hmm. You can feel that you're not lacking anything, that you're not wanting anything, that you're not bereft of anything. In the present moment, in the full now, the I am becomes tangible. And that I am is immeasurable. It's whole and complete as it is. It's lacking mm. nothing. It wants nothing. Mm. And this is all what we truly are. It's mm. the programmed egoic mind identity that throws everything out of whack. So the more that we do these magic tricks, right, to bring yourself back to the present moment, I promise, okay, I promise. In the beginning, being present is difficult because we're so out of alignment. I get it. The constant electromagnetic interference. I, I'm, I'm, I'm having a human experience too. I totally get it. Okay. What I also promise is that the more you practice this, pretty soon, just like I use the prop, you're present, you put the, that's putting the drink down pretty soon. You're not even going to reach. You're not even going to reach for the drink. Mm -hmm. You're just going to be present yeah. effortlessly because it doesn't require an effort. The truth doesn't require your participation lies do. And you will start to feel the truth. The, I am that you are this, and it doesn't require an effort. So in the beginning, practice, 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 the single most important thing that every human, from my perspective, that every human being needs to do is to master being present. Because then all of your wisdom, your power, your forgiveness, your compassion, all of it is online, only in the present moment. So whatever it takes to get really good at being present, do it. It's worth its weight in gold. And if you care about yourself, your loved ones, your family, your friends, your coworkers, the animals, the trees. If you care deeply about all of these things, then awaken yourself completely because that is the greatest gift that we can give to the collective consciousness is full awakening. Ah, mic drop right there. You timeless teacher of humanity. Ah, so good. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for giving us all of the wisdom that's come through you. You have been chosen as a true ascended master and um and i've come to know that most the truest most authentic um sentient beings that are showing up to teach us to guide us to show us um they're not always the ones that we hear about on tv right it's it's this is and the this is the type of medicine this is the type of uh the gifts that i, I i'm bringing to fire and soul it's like yeah. it's like the true authentic teachings and this is where we're headed in so i just you were supposed to be on i don't know if you know this but last fall and then things shifted and hmm. but it but and i had a five-month pause i'm getting the divine tingles as a complete confirmation of this coming through me right now and there's a reason now i'm so clear of why it had to be here because i wasn't ready for this conversation Oh, yeah, wow. I, so, I, I didn't even yeah, know that. Yeah, great question, great question. And I was like, I wonder though if this would have flowed in this way 
for me to be able to dive into my own curiosity because I'm now beginning to dance in between these different polarities, right? And I'm figuring, I'm starting to make sense. I wouldn't say figure out, but like, oh, I'm starting to get a sense of a feeling of something versus that. And, you know, and so I'm like, oh, so it's just so beautiful to, I'm just so grateful to get to tune into your consciousness, which is all of our consciousness as I'm discovering more and more of the truth of who I am. And then I know I get to just bring my listeners alongside with me because we're all in it together, walking each other home. Yes. So just want to say thank you. You are most welcome. And it's been absolutely my pleasure. There's another book that comes out in August. And maybe what we can do is uh, once a, a galley, you know, a print copy of it is available, I can have Sarah get that to you. You'll love it, I promise. And then maybe mm -hmm. we can dive into how to deprogram the subconscious mind and balance the energy bank account for the greatest life possible. Uh, that's a yes. <laughs> <laughs> RJ, I'm going to stop recording. I am so grateful for your time. Thank you very much for joining us on Fire and Soul. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Fire and Soul. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. And if you'd like to connect on social, you can find me anywhere at Michelle Sorrow. Or if you'd like to reach out to me directly, you can at fireandsoulpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.